listening to The Answers Are in the Room, a podcast exploring real-life professional and personal development through real-time perspectives leadership coach, Barbara Rappaport. Hi there, and welcome to The Answers Are in the Room. I'm your moderator, Sarah Kavanaugh, and we're so happy to be back in action today, even if it is with a new normal, um, here with episode two of our podcast series from Real-Time Perspectives with our leadership coach, Barbara Rappaport. Hi, Barbara. Hey, Sarah. Today's podcast, shockingly, will focus on the subject of crisis management, something many of our listeners we know have top of mind right now. Our guest today is a communications and marketing executive with over 30 years of experience and a proven track record of finding innovative solutions to complex business problems. She's the co-founder and CEO of Bravo Echo, a brand strategy and communications consultancy. We're thrilled to have Georgia Evers with us, albeit remotely, social distancing as our guest today on this episode of The Answers Are in the Room. It's my pleasure to pass the mic over to Barbara to explore your conversation with Georgia. Thank you, Sarah. And Georgia, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to do this. You are my dear friend, as you know. You've been a colleague, um, so special in my life, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate you really taking time out of such a busy day. And the reason I asked you to help us with this podcast is because of a conversation you and I had just a couple of weeks ago when you were sharing with me some of the challenges you were hearing your clients tell you they were facing as they looked at reentry for their employees and at all of the economic challenges, the regulatory issues. And I was just wondering if you would mind introducing yourself any way you wish and just kind of give it your top of mind around some of the things you're hearing. Well, thank you, Barbara, for having me. And I think the, the most uh, credible introduction um, I could give about myself is what you already said, that I've been uh, privileged and honored to be a colleague of yours for so many years. So I'm, I'm thrilled to be doing this together. And um, I hope together we can share some stories that are helpful to your listening audience. Good. Thank you for that. Um, you, the mutual is, is always there. So from your vantage point, being so involved with C-level folks around the issues that they normally face, which are marketing and branding and positioning themselves in the market, what are some of the highlights you've been hearing from them regarding the challenges they feel about the next phase of integration back into real work and, and real world? Sure. Well, I think one of the things we've been hearing, anyone who is talking about this topic, is how unprecedented this time has been for business. And I think that's the first thing that I would say is just across the board, um, with the leadership teams that I'm interfacing with, and it's often a chief communications officer, the you know, head of HR, um, you know, CEOs, COOs. Um, you know, broadly across teams, they, they've just never really had to deal with anything quite like this before. And it's just been so interesting to watch how much care they've had to put into, you know, not only sustaining their businesses, saying, oh, you know, how are we going to sustain our business in the time of, of this kind of um, financial crisis where, you know, you, you have to do scenario plan, scenario planning where you are at zero revenues for several 
months. Um, so there's managing that, keeping the business afloat. But then uh, equal to that is um, the care for people. And I, when I say people, I say that broadly in terms of, of stakeholders, certainly employee groups, but, you know, care for customers, care for suppliers. Uh, just, you know, thinking about that broad range of stakeholders and saying, how do we as an organization and how do I as a leader make decisions that consider all of those those um, stakeholder groups uh, and make decisions on everyone's behalf that will be, you know, positive. So it, it, this is what I see the most is that they're juggling these things in a way that they've never had to do before and with a speed um, in which they've never had to do and with an uncertainty that they've never had. Yeah. What I'm hearing, Georgia, which is, really similar to this is that leaders are using the same skills they've always used but didn't realize that they had other skills that were almost hidden that they could take their time to develop mm -hmm. and they're being accelerated in terms of the context creating a need for them to show up in new ways. Does that resonate at all from what you're hearing? It absolutely does. And I think one of the ways I'm hearing it the most is um, people are saying out loud, like, I, I've never been called on to do this before or to think like this before. Or, you know, I'm discovering something about myself and my team and, and the company that I work for. You know, what kind of a company are we? It's almost like they're processing out loud this self-discovery of, of what all of these um, conditions are creating for them and how they're responding. You know, there's like an awareness as they respond um, ab about uh, things that maybe they knew uh, were there, w either within their organization or within themselves, and now they're having to tap them. It's so interesting to me that these kinds of conditions create this opportunity to dig deep, basically, and, and I think you know a lot of the work I do is helping leaders dig deep in the best of times. It's really challenging to ask them to do that in these tough, tough times. One of the things I'm wondering about is you and I spent a lot of tough waking hours years ago, around 2003, 2004, when we had a significant reduction in force when we were together at Steelcase, and we, we learned so much from that crisis management experience. I'm wondering if you have any recall of any particular things that we did as, a, as an organization that you think might touch on this, this twofold thing that you're expressing employers are experiencing, the keep the business afloat one track, but the other is care for people while you do that. Yes, I think that you know, in the, I think there are similarities, um, which I'll speak to those in a minute because I think that's what you, you really want me to do. But one of the things that I have thought about that's different is at the time that we were dealing with some of those crisis management issues, we, the company was having to make decisions that impacted that particular employee. And the, for the most part, when they uh, were impacted, the world around them was the same. Um, their spouse or partner might still be employed. Um, 
there wasn't a community in lockdown and quarantine. The schools for their children were not also shutting down. Um, so they, they were dealing with something, you know, very difficult and challenging in terms of their, their individual career path. Um, but the, there was more stability in what was happening around them. Now we see people are facing these, you know, challenges around their work, uncertainty, what's going to happen to me? Um, will I end up, you know, even if, if my company has been able to keep me on for now, how long will that continue? What will happen to me later? If I still have to work from home, how will I continue to do that if I have to homeschool my children? You know, my spouse or partner's situation is, you know, more challenging than mine. You know, there's all these things that they're, they're struggling with um, that I think kind of compound the, the problem. So when I think about all that, you know, what did we do back then um, to acknowledge, you know, what, what the experience, what were the pain points for people? You know, I think we were trying to, at that time, understand people's pain. What were the shared pain points? Uh, what were the individual pain points? And how could we help them through those? Um, and then also, how could we understand the impact to people who weren't directly um, impacted, but they still were suffering in some way because their colleagues were. And I recall back then that we, we had to really be mindful of, um, first of all, you know, letting people, accepting that people were going to grieve the life that they knew or had lost um, and that that was real for everyone involved and that we had to go there and be in that place and accept it and understand it. That to me, that was one of the big learnings of that time. And then the other learning was that we, we couldn't um, fix it or package it or make it easy for everyone based on any single thing that we were saying or doing that instead we needed to involve people both those that, um, you know, were staying with the company as a result of the crisis and those that were leaving, that we had to co-create solutions uh, with both, both groups. Those were the things that, you know, stood out to me at that time that we were, that we really had to be thoughtful about and that really helped people the most in, in moving forward. Yeah, I appreciate that so much because a lot of what I had to do was developing a grief process that we all could work through together. And I think about it now, I've been listening to a lot of thought leaders as, as almost, I'm assuming everyone in our listening audience has been doing on different topics. And they're all saying what I believe I've known all along as well, which is you have to accept the pain of this situation because it is uncertain. There is, there's an acronym we use, it's called VUCA. It's so volatile, it's uncertain, it's complex, and it's ambiguous. And, and there's no way that you can look back to a best practice or um, a solution that will give you confidence. You have to just keep trying, experimenting. If you think about um, all the work that's being done on different um, 
medications to try to get us through this, right? There's hundreds of labs working on different vaccine options because we don't know. And where I think oftentimes we make a mistake as employers is we think that we want our people to get back in the game, like really quickly, like, come on, you know, cheerleading on. And that grief is just really important because we can't control our environment right now. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. And I also think, you know, when the idea of being off, you know, this, so that really this is what's happened to us, right? Business got turned off. But we, we never understood this off, this version of off before, except for maybe like a national holiday where we all stayed home from work, you know. Right. <laughs> um, and then, you know, we understood what on used to be, right? So the, the way we all worked, we had a, a, an approach for that that involved the patterns of our daily lives and getting to work and what our workday was like and our interfacing with our colleagues and creating culture, you know, in our workplace, all those things. Were, it was just what we did. And now we are going to move back to a place where um, it's, it's not going to be the same. It's going to be very different. And to your point, no one really knows. And so the idea of rushing it or expecting people to just, um, you know, flip the switch and, and come back whole, you know, the, the, as they were before, um, is really, you know, if you think about it, it's just silly because we're all going to have to learn uh, new skills, um, new tools, and just new ways of, of creating connection that we didn't have to do before. Yeah, and I, I, I'm also thinking about the second thing you mentioned that you took away from that experience at Steelcase, which is, you know, there was no one thing. So there'll be this trial and error. And I guess another question I have for you as we continue chatting is any thoughts you have just off the cuff, really, just from your own heart and soul around employees coming back and how they might navigate through this, knowing that not everybody's going to understand it the way we're discussing it today, for example, right? There's there's myriad number of perspectives on this. Any thoughts that you might give to a, a person if you were mentoring them, let's say? That's a great question. Um, and I think I have an answer on both sides for, for, for right. leaders that right. we would be mentoring as well as the person going back. Awesome. I, I think the bridge... There's the bridge to return to work. Let's just call it that. The bridge to return to work, I think, is going to be built on trust. And trust is earned over time through behaviors and through knowing, you know, knowing someone or an institution or, you know, so you you kind of have, have this reservoir of things you believe you can count on because of past experiences. Um, it's also, you know, based on on transparency. And so I think, you know, from a leadership standpoint, what I would be saying is, you know, complete transparency um, to the extent that is responsible and reasonable it, to, to let people know, you know, what the issues are, what you're grappling, why you're making the decisions that you're making, 
to help them see your path and understand the context of why is will be critical. And then through that transparency, what you will be doing is is building the bridge of trust so that those um, individuals can have, you know, reason to believe in you, in the company, in the broader context of the communities that they're living in, uh, the state and government, state and local governments they're interfacing with, you know, all, all the all the ways that we need people to, to trust. And one other thing is just an aside that I, I would mention, because I think it would be interesting for um, for your uh, listeners is, you know, Edelman produces a trust barometer report every year, and they, they have done a couple of updates specific to COVID uh, that they've published. And um, they're really excellent in terms of pointing out what people's expectations have been around um, how their employers behave during this time and how companies have just treated broad stakeholders. And it's very telling to see what what people are feeling. Um, And for the most part, you know, business and business leaders have a huge opportunity to show up at this moment and earn trust with broad stakeholders, but especially um, employees. And then I think for individuals going back, um, I think my advice would be, you know, to really engage because this is a time of uncertainty for everyone and you know, all, everyone needs help at this moment. You know, d- don't just uh, uh, look to others to help you or assume that others around you have the answers. We at all levels are grappling for answers to this and doing the right thing. So I think the, the most um, important thing to do is to find a voice, find your voice and engage to help move the conversation forward in a pl- to a place that's informed by by everybody in the mix. Well, it fits right with what I hope is something that I've built my practice on, which is the answers are always in the room. Our job yeah, is to create a right. context for the answers to surface, and we are now at a place where the context certainly um, is is driving a need for it, but the person might have to dig really deep to have the courage to do it. So I thank you for that. And to wrap up, I guess I'd just like to ask you a fun question. Everyone I'm seeing is doing this on newscasts and stuff. So anything in particular of joy for you in the last um, eight weeks (laughs) that you wouldn't have expected? Well, as you know, I travel regularly for my work. Every Every week I have to leave my home for work. And as much as I love my clients and the work that I do, I have found some joy in just uh, being home. And I, you know, I'm fortunate that I am able to work from home. It's not been a hardship. So uh, that has definitely uh, been been a joyful um, experience. But I think the other thing that's been a real joy is just how much we've been learning about ourselves. Um, 
both, you know, in the context of our private lives when we're not doing the work hours and then the new way of, of working um, in our professional lives. You know, what we're learning about each other, the things that we are able to do and pull off and the degree to which, you know, people have embraced that and, you know, come with great ideas and enthusiasm. Um, I have found that to be really inspiring and, and, and invigorating. <laughs> and I, I have a, an idea that I'd love to hear your thoughts on when we were talking our team the other day and we said, well, we think maybe um, one of the ways we should think about human resources for the time going ahead is that human resources stands for human reassurance mm. and that the job should be around, you know, human reassurance design. You know, how, how can we reassure one another that the design of our lives, of our businesses, of our, you know, of our communities, that we can, we can be fit again. You know, we can get back to um, a healthy place. And so all of that kind of just thinking has made me feel, um, you know, it's been, it's been a great experience. And I think I will have learned so much and I'll have to, I'll be able to take a lot away from, from this, you know, for myself and others. Well, thank you for that. And I'll end my part by just saying I, I'm very fortunate to work with some pretty talented people out east. And one is Dr. Robert Keegan, former professor of education at the Harvard School of Graduate Education. And he did an amazing uh, webinar, or I believe it was a webinar recently, and he talked about, in medieval times, the Black Plague Mm-hmm. was the first time globally people of different classes mm-hmm. were able to look around and see the democratization of humanity. Because yes, such the, a powerful thing. Yes, the plague struck wow. everyone. And I think about that as I listen to you, and I think how wonderful this community of humanity is. And I embrace what you embrace, and you know I'm sending you a virtual hug because it's you. Okay? Thank you. Same back to you as well. Thanks, Georgia. Now I'm going to turn over to my friend Sarah. Thanks, Barbara. And thank you so much, Georgia Evers, for being our guest today. Georgia, how can listeners contact you for more information on your work at Bravo Echo? So, um, Georgia at bravoechoinc.com. That's my email. And... um, You are welcome to share it. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, We will see you next time for more real-time coaching on the next episode of The Answers Are in the Room. Thanks for listening. Thank you for having me. Take care. Bye now.